Hello and welcome to Bellhaven Podcast. I'm your host, Brent Weber. On today's episode, we'll be listening to PSY 352, Social Psychology with Professor Nathan Smith. I hope you listen and enjoy. Hello and welcome to Social Psychology Psy 352 here at Bellhaven University. We are in lecture number three. I am Nathan Smith, your lecturer, coming to you from my office in Beverly, Massachusetts. Today we are looking at social perception and social cognition. I'd like to take this opportunity to remind you that reading the text first is the uh, preferred way to address this content. So first reading the text and then going through this lecture where I will point out highlights and give examples and then going back and double-checking that you understand the concepts both on the second slide of this lecture and also at the end of the chapter Excuse me. So today, unit objectives. What is social cognition? What is the purpose of social cognition? What is bias? And then what is bounded rationality? And there are a number of other things we're going to be going through today, but these are the four that made the unit objectives. So there are many discussions that are going to come that are based around these ideas. Social cognitions are the building blocks of future discussions about more specific topics like prejudice and racism and helping behaviors. So this is another building block chapter where we're going to look at the tools that make up our cognitions and then as we go along, we'll start applying those tools into specific, <coughs> or at least more specific and more precise situations. So for example, we're going to learn about shortcuts, mental shortcuts that are taken, um, your brain takes and my brain takes going through our lives. We call these shortcuts heuristics. And then when we get to, uh, we'll say helping behavior to take a positive example, when we get to helping behavior, uh, we're going to be able to look at decisions people make about helping behavior and say, well, for example, uh, you're more likely to help somebody who is of your same age or of your same gender or of your same race or ethnicity. And why are you more likely to do that? Well, maybe there's a heuristic where uh, you tend to give these people the benefit of the doubt, these in-group people the benefit of the doubt, and you don't give the benefit of the doubt to out-group folks. So, um, step one is learning about these social cognitions, these ways that we are uh, interacting and thinking about social situations. And then as we go along, we'll be able to apply those to other situations. So as always, you're going to have a very difficult time understanding future subjects without understanding this lecture first. 
as these concepts will come up all the time in future lectures. So we begin with the biblical text. This is from 1 Corinthians 13:12. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully, just as I also have been known fully. Or I guess been fully known in this translation. So, an important thing to remember, and one of there are many concepts, many discussions, many advantages that I think Christians have when working in the sciences. And one is we know, we have always known, that we see only in a mirror dimly. Or uh, through a glass darkly is another way it's been interpreted. <clears throat> and this is beneficial when studying in the sciences because uh, you know, we know that we don't know, we know that our knowledge is imperfect, we know that we're imperfect beings, um, and this kind of view of human fallibility. We know not just are we fallible, but all humans are fallible, all humans are sinful. So um, this sort of beginning from knowing the problems with humanity is beneficial when working in the sciences. Uh, amongst other places, but particularly in the sciences, your, our assumption is we know that we don't know. We know that we only see bits and pieces. So, beginning with what we're going to look at today, with the opening question, what is social cognition? Well, we're going to break that up into two sections, social perception, that is perceiving and understanding others, and then social cognition, interpreting social situation, situation, excuse me, for example, strategies. So keep this in mind. Perception is about perceiving and understanding others. Cognition is about interpreting. Okay, how accurate are our, our how accurate are our social perceptions? It depends, though often accurate enough in quotes. Well, what does accurate enough mean? Well, again, this goes back to our evolutionary psychology uh, understanding. Uh, if you wanted to take an evolutionary psychology approach to this, um, I think that's where this concept of accurate enough comes from. So uh, the idea would be, considering that uh, we have gotten as far as we have, then our perceptions must be accurate enough that we have gotten here. Now you don't have to take this from an evolutionary psychology standpoint, you could just take it from um, just a general psychology standpoint. Uh, to do that you would say something like, well, how well do humans function in their day-to-day -day lives? Well, I guess in general, we function pretty well. Uh, at least if you grew up here in, in the United States, uh, we've had a functioning government for several hundred years now. 
we have uh, health care that's available throughout the country. We have had some wars, but not too many. We have had some famines, although not, uh, not so many as in past years. Things are running relatively well here in the United States, although I suppose in a political sense people would argue about that. But I would say if you take a broad view and just think about the country as a whole, things are running pretty well. Well, certainly better than they were 200 years ago and better than they were 400 years ago and so on. So, uh, even without the evolutionary psychology view, you can say how, are, how accurate are our social perceptions? Well, they're accurate enough. We're doing well enough that things are functioning. Most in general neighborhoods are functioning. People are going to jobs, people are going to churches and we're getting by pretty well. So, accurate enough. Uh, the next concept, bounded rationality. This is a very important concept. We are limited by many factors in our ability to make optimal social judgments and decisions. So, optimal, that is, the best possible social judgments and decisions. Well, what limits us? All kinds of things. First is time. Second is amount of information. Third, personal biases. Four is ability level. And five, you can just think of any number of additional factors that limit our ability to make optimal social judgments. Uh, when I think about this, I think about uh, riding the subway here in Boston or I guess uh, riding the bus or a train or any sort of situation where you're surrounded by a group. Um, you're bumping into people, you're trying to figure out which way to go, how to get to where you're going. And how do you read these social situations that are occurring very rapidly? Um, so for example, I was in Boston this morning and there was an older couple probably in their 60s, late 60s, or early 70s. They obviously were not from Boston. They were from maybe the Midwest somewhere, tourists. And they were standing at the train station trying to figure out which train they had to get on to get to where they were going. There were probably about 13, 14, 15 of us standing around, uh, you know, on our phones or reading or whatever, waiting for the train. And so they were trying to figure out which of us to ask who would, I guess, be friendly to them while also knowing the right answer um, and being able to help them. So what, what were their limits here? Well, they were certainly limited as to time. The train was coming in a few minutes. They were limited to the amount of information. They really didn't know anything about us other than what they could see. Uh, they had personal biases, so they, they actually ended up coming and asking me for directions, which was not a good idea because I don't, I don't work in Boston. I don't go in all that often. So I didn't know what train they needed to take. Um, and I found myself wondering, did they ask me because they were, they were Caucasian, I'm Caucasian, and maybe nobody else on that, um, nobody else on that train station was, and I wonder if there was a bias for them going to someone in their own racial group to ask that question. I don't know, it's just a thought. The other thing is I had a meeting in Boston, so I was wearing a suit and tie. I was well-dressed, I was well-kept, um, very presentable. Um, 
so someone of their own racial group dressed in a kind of a formal or a way uh, showing class, high class status, you know, when you're wearing a suit and tie you're trying to show high status. So I wonder if that's why they ended up picking me. Um, but, be that as it may, um, we have all these limitations in these social decisions that we have to make every day, sometimes very quickly, and time, information, personal biases, and then ability level, uh, etc. bounds our rationality.